0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer & Money. I am Ryan Burklow.
1: And I'm Alex Collins.
0: And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about three places to put your tax return or your stimulus payment. But before we get into that, let's talk about our beer of the day, Alex.
1: Yeah. So uh, today we are drinking one of my favorite beers. Uh, it is the Trickster IPA from Black Raven Brewery here in uh, Redmond. So a neighboring city to, to both where you and I work and live. Um, you know, it's a 6.9% uh, uh, alcohol by volume beer. So it's, it's got a nice punch to it. And uh, um, would you say 68, 69 IB, uh, IBUs? It's
0: 68 IBU and it's uh you know, it's your, it's your typical IPA, um, that balance, right? It's not, you know, we tried a beer, I tried a beer last time um, from the Fremont Brewery that was a little bit uh, more fruitier than I tend to like my IPA. So this is a more balanced beer. Still has that full hop flavor that you expect out of IPA though, right?
1: It does. Um, it, it still has some uh, some citrus in it. So, I mean, this is a, still works as a great summer beer, uh, but it's not uh it, it's not one of those beers that is just all about citrus and like, you can't, uh, it, it's not balanced. It's just a, it's a summer beer only. Um, no, this is a, just
0: kind of like my go-to like have a good beer. Yeah. And this, this beer is pretty much the the staple uh, from the black Raven brewing company.
1: Yeah, this is, this is definitely their flagship. Um, and uh, it's what, it's what they're known for. and, and uh, what they sell the most of.
0: So if you're in the area or if you see it at your store, try it out. Um, I I agree with Alex. This is one of my, one of my more uh, favorite IPAs and I drink it year round. This isn't just summer for me.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I'm with you. This is a year round drinker for me.
0: So, so speaking of the year, you know, that time of year is, is, is the taxes like we're talking about, right? So many of you have probably either gotten your tax return or filed your taxes. Uh, and maybe have already received a stimulus payment. And we get the question all the time like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this extra money. Where should I be putting it?
1: Yeah, um, and I mean, it's it, this is actually a question that that's popped up quite a bit over the last year. Um, you know as as folks wind up having uh, the same cash flow, but uh, diminished expenses because they're not going out to eat, they're not traveling. they're not they're not do- having some of those expenses that they normally incurred. Um, and so they're coming back to us saying, Hey, I have
0: extra, what do I do with it? So let's, let's talk about that. So we're gonna have three places to put your, your money and, you know, the traditional financial advisor approach on a, on a podcast is going to be, it depends because we don't know your financial situation, but we'll kind of paint the picture around, um, you know, maybe three different profiles, uh, where, or three different situations, that we'd have you consider, you know, maybe this spot might work for you. So, so, so the first one is, you know, if, if you, if analyzing your income and maybe from an income coming in the door and your expenses, you know, if you're just breaking even, or or maybe you're struggling to break even, or you're, maybe you had to tap into some of that, that savings account, that emergency fund that you had set up. Or you're in a situation where you just you want to have some more flexibility and and safety, our our advice or recommendation is probably gonna be, you know, set that up and and put more money into that, back into that emergency fund, right, Alex?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you were, you know, struggling from a cash flow standpoint, and and now you actually have a little bit of a surplus because you, you know, refinanced your mortgage and saved money there, or uh, you're not uh, spending on travel or whatever the case may be, and you're finding that you finally have a surplus uh, in, in your cash flow, absolutely make sure that you're building up that emergency reserve uh, because once we open back up we need to make reevaluate it again once that occurs and so if you were negative or or flat and now you actually have some surplus uh, make sure that you're you know saving that surplus and building up the the good solid emergency reserve um typical rule of thumb that that we use is somewhere between uh, uh 3 months and 12 months either income or expenses uh, a lot of it depends on on situation and circumstances um the, the goal that we we typically have for our clients is uh, getting to a point where in a liquid, available, conservative structure, uh, we want at least six months worth of income.
0: And just to define liquid, that means accessibility to the money without high like tax equation or penalty type of uh, instances that could occur from that. Correct. So, So let's talk about Number two here. so the, the number two spot that you could be putting your money, you know if you've got your emergency fund, you're comfortable there. you've got the three months of you know maybe of expenses <laughs> sitting there um, and and your, and your cash flow, your income minus your expenses is, is positive. then we would suggest well, and you're putting money into your 401k, right? if you're doing that that contribution there. A spot that you may want to consider is putting into what we call a midterm bucket. Right. And we, we have a whole episode talking about different buckets of money and, and the definitions of that. But midterm bucket, like the quick definition that we explain is, again, that, that liquid free asset, the, the accessibility to it. It doesn't mean it has to be sitting in a savings account. Right. I think a lot of people compare, you know, liquid or accessibility as like your standard savings account at your bank. This could be money that's invested in the market. But it's not tied into like a, a retirement account where you'd have to pay, you know, ordinary income taxes and/or penalties if you try to pull that money out.
1: Yeah, the, the goal for this account is to get uh, to have the potential for a better rate of return than money sitting in a bank account. So we're keep, keeping pace with inflation. Uh, we've got the possibility for for real growth um, over time. And at the same time, we're not tying up that money for a long time horizon uh, like college or retirement or something of that nature. The goal here is to create flexibility. And if if you've built up an emergency reserve and you're uncertain about what cash flow will look like in the future, this actually becomes a really fairly solid place to put money because you can still access it. We're not tying it up. But at the same time, you're getting a little bit better rate of return on it. know, um, we're doing that typically through taking some amount of risk. Um, so it's important to understand: okay, when might you need this money? What are you going to use it for? Like, what's what's the what, what's plan A, plan B, plan C? Um, this money should be you know plan C or plan D or somewhere beyond that. So it's it's not going to be the the first place you go get money. Uh, but at the same time, we're also going to try and get a better rate of return on it.
0: Yeah, and another key thing here is how many of you listening, right, have often have said something like, oh, I wish, you know, maybe I'm interested in buying a real estate investment property, or, you know, I I wish I had the money to start my own business, or what have you, right? A lot of people think when when we're talking about accessibility of money, you know, the concern is the oh crap scenario. And I tend to flip it on you and say, how many times have you thought I wish I had money to, to be able to, and go chase that opportunity, right? And, uh, and the money that's sitting in a retirement account, it's hard to pull that money out to go chase that opportunity. So sometimes putting your money in that midterm type bucket, to your point, Alex, adds a ton of flexibility and opportunity, even though maybe you're not ultra aggressive where you're not you know getting a, and I'm making up numbers here, 8% rate of return, right? But maybe that money sitting there allows you to chase an opportunity or get an opportunity that really brings back a huge return to your overall balance sheet.
1: Yeah. Wh- whether it's uh
0: something real estate
1: related, like uh, uh, getting a vacation home for the family or upgrading the the home, buying a second home, buying a rental, uh, whether it's investing in in a company, your company or or somebody else's company, um, or even just providing the flexibility to to feel comfortable uh, in doing more long-term planning uh, because you've got that liquid access to to funds if you need it.
0: So I think too often, People forget about that because the main thing that's really pushed out there is make sure you're putting money in your retirement accounts. And we're not saying to not put money there. Oh, 100%. We're just saying, think about also the realities of life.
1: Uh, I don't know how many times you and I have said this, but it, it's all about creating financial balance. We don't, want, uh, we don't want to have all of our funds in retirement accounts. We don't want to have all of our funds in emergency reserve. We want to create financial balance and we want to try and line up the the money with one when, when and how we're going to use it so um you know emergency reserve is really kind of that you know money that we may need for like zero to one year um and then retirement is usually this nebulous number that's somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 40 years in the future okay what is in between that and yeah. that's that's that midterm bucket and there's um there, there's a bunch of different vehicles that that fit it. It depends on what your situation is and what your like why we would do you know X versus Y. But uh, yeah, again, we've, so we've done a,
0: a bunch of podcasts on that already. So that's step that's spot number two, and the final spot, um, which probably won't surprise a lot of you, um, it might surprise you that this isn't number one, <laughs> is obviously putting money into into the retirement accounts, right? And you know, there's the traditional approach where you're deferring the tax, right? So it's pre-tax dollars today. The money grows ideally, and you're deferring the taxes on that growth. And then when you pull the money out, you'll pay taxes on that money at ordinary income tax rates. Yep, absolutely.
1: Um, the alternative to that is Roth, where we're using after-tax dollars. It grows tax-deferred. And we have
0: tax-free access to it in retirement. So maybe we've got a traditional 401k option at work that doesn't offer the Roth option. So maybe starting a Roth IRA might make sense. Sure.
1: One of the other things we've talked to to a few clients about is the idea of using the surplus to convert traditional assets into Roth assets. Essentially paying the taxes on it now, uh, presumably we're in a, a relatively low tax environment, at least historically we certainly are. Um, and uh, so now the question becomes, okay, if we think that we're going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future, it may make sense to go ahead and convert some of our traditional uh, retirement assets into Roth. That's going to cause that, those dollars to become taxable right now, um and so a, a lump sum could be used to to pay the taxes on that
0: so that's our third spot that you could be putting money obviously there's other places you could be putting your money the the point of this is is for you to choose proactively and think with the end in mind right the taxation of the money where you're at in life what are the goals What are the, what are the, the true realities of it all? And really what, what your risk profile uh, is of that. So taking that all into consideration, these are three spots you should be considering depending on how you look financially is hopefully this was helpful for you to choose, which makes the most sense for yourself. If you have questions, you know, we've said it before, feel free to reach out to us, which leads us to the question of the day, Mr. Collins. Yeah. The question of the day is what questions have
1: come up for you financially amidst the pandemic. Uh, I can tell you, we've answered, uh, we have more clients that have reached out to us with unique and different questions based on what they're experiencing. Everyone's experiencing something a little bit different during the pandemic. So head on over to beerandmoney.net and answer the question of, what is the pandemic brought for you financially? And what,
0: what questions do you have? We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Alex. Cheers.
2: Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, CIPIC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License number 15319412. CA insurance license number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR insurance license number 7264699 CA insurance license number 0H24806 Pinpoint number 2021119327 expiration April 2023